millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Story Studio. Oh yeah, here we go. Check it out now. Welcome to the Story Studio podcast, where an independent publishing company explores the world of self-publishing, independent art, and the future of storytelling and old-fashioned English tea drinking. Uh, my name is Luke Condo with Kate, and I'm joined by my regular co-host, Mr. Daniel Wilcox. Hey Luke, how I'm, you doing? I'm pretty good. I've got a nice warm cup of tea, which is what... Why well, I said that, those words. Nice. <laughs> Have you got anything? Very... Are you drinking anything? Um, water, dreams, despair. Mm. Probably more rainbow. of the first two. It's a heavy, it's, it's a difficult balance to get right. Yeah. Taste the dreams. Um, <laughs> yeah, so how's the how's the writing going? Yeah, going really well. I, um, I'm trying to think what. I, what, what the listeners would already know. I can't remember what our last episode was now. How awful is that? Um, well, you, yeah. you've been working uh, on the Michael Underlay books. Yeah, so um, I have wrapped up book one, which is quite exciting. Um, sort of hit my highest word counts in a week ever, which has been pretty cool as well. Quite tiring, but I'm just kind of tuning along. So I got, um, I think it was 21,000 words done in a week, which... That's insane. That's like a third of the book done, which was fantastic. Um, and I'm set for probably about 17,000, 18,000 for this week. So I'm pushing ahead with those, which is very exciting. I'm very much enjoying it. Um, and yeah, that, that whole magic of getting to grips with your characters and finding out what it is they want to do and how they're trying to be naughty and, and veer away from, from the plans that you set is always, always a fun part of, of writing, I think. So yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of enjoying that process. Yeah. And, and writing, which is which is fantastic. How about yourself? Well, uh, so what happened since the last time we spoke? Um, so finished the Keith screenplay. That's now off to a couple more people, so actors and um, uh, Tom, the composer, to, to start going through and start working out their sides of it, what they need to do. But I just started today uh, editing my nano novel from last year, the the Frio. I'm excited. Uh, I mean, I've heard good things from the author. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, so so I went over my notes. When I finish a draft, I normally just start, I write a letter to whoever's going to pick up the draft next. Do you know what I mean? So mm. it will be like, check it, look out for these details, make sure this might not work, et cetera, et cetera. So I read that note over to myself and I started reading the book and I was like, I think this might be the most mature thing I've written. Like in terms of, I think it. I think I think I've definitely become a better writer over his last few novels, and it's definitely I can see it now. Mm. We well, just hope so. After how many novels has it been now? Three, four. Uh, hipster one, hipster two, hipster three, but I never released it and never edited it. They were up. Lazarus, but they're co-written. They remain again co-written. Uh, I've lost count. Six novels, <laughs> seven novels. There you go. So, yeah, I mean, you kind of hope. I mean, I've seen a lot of, because um, uh, I follow a lot of artists on Instagram, I've seen quite a few people posting up their progression pictures from how what their art looked like three, four years ago to what it looks like now. And it's only really when you put it in frame that you actually see how far you have come. It, take, it takes that kind of level of time to see that maturity. So, 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's nice to see. It's like because sometimes you feel like I don't know. Sometimes it feels like you're not getting anywhere. Mm. Do you think it feels easier? It feels easier to do. Uh, I remember when I first started writing, and the idea of writing like 500 words sounded hard. Like because mm. I used to focus on every single sentence to the point where. Um, it just it just seemed to slow everything down to the point where I just wasn't moving very quick at all. But now I think I'm comfortable with <laughs> basic sentence structures to the point where it's almost second nature. You got your own style now. You you're more confident in just writing how you do. Yeah, you're less precious because yeah. no one else cares about those sentences as much as you do. No, and I think that was kind of um, particularly in the early days for me. One of the things that I definitely found hardest was you you get told from school that there are certain ways to write and there's a lot of emphasis on you know this is the perfect sentence this is the perfect paragraph this is how you link the two together but ultimately when you're when you read books and i mean i read um a lot of the king stuff that he puts out and he just he just has fun and you just see people play with sentences you see them like half finished you see them not in full english and i think as long as the story is compelling that's all that really the reader is interested in it's only kind of the snobs or other authors um, that actually care what each word says. Yeah. Also, when you sort of get out of your own way and let yourself make maybe what would be classed as grammatical mis- mistakes, mm. they actually come across as your voice in the end. That's just the way you, the way you tell stories. Yeah, yeah. I, lo- I love now hopping out of the narrative and, being, and just putting in a, a, a sentence which is like, you know, because they could, or just something a little bit fun that... Yeah. reminds the reader that it is actually a person telling the story. I know some people hate that because they're very much like stick within the story, but I like to have that human voice to it. Yeah. What was that line we put in? Um, it might've been in Lazarus or, or maybe even day remain. I think we ended up taking it out, but it was, it was a bit of a wink to the audience. Oh, I cannot remember. I know that there was one. I remember yeah. seeing, um, one of the, I, th- I can't remember which Stephen King book it was, but a line that he put in, which was, and thanks to the beauty of storytelling, we're now here. <laughs> and it's very much like, yeah, I'm an, I'm, I've, I've told so many stories. I'm literally just going to jump from here to here because I fucking can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like it too. Um, so before we get into our main topic today, which um, we're going to be talking about how to uh, fall back in love with the writing, how to rekindle the passion, uh, that kind of thing. Um, have you got a big whoop? Uh, I have. I'm going to go for, um, and I hope I'm not stealing your one. Um, I'm going to go for the fact that the other stories has been nominated again for This Is Horror UK's um, Fiction Podcast of the Year award. So we're we've currently been nominated. It's open for votes. If anyone would love to vote um, and win us a gold, because we came second place this year, and I'd love to come first. Um, just go over to www.thisishorror.co.uk forward slash awards and you can just email them and follow the instructions and, and put your vote in. But um, for, and I mean, we kind of spoke to, um, we were on the career of the podcast um, yesterday, if this is going out on the yeah. Friday, I think it is. Um, we kind of briefly touched on some of the magic behind the other stories, but for a podcast that we started in, you know, 2016, with very little expectation of the fact that we've been nominated twice in two years. Um, and I mean, this year we, we had no idea, did we, until it kind of came out last year, we, um, we did put ourselves forward and a few other people nominated us as well, but someone, someone did it for us this year, which was humbling. Yeah. Well, I do have a sneaking suspicion that Michael who runs this is horror is, is a listener of the show. So he might've just nominated us himself. That's oh, Michael. Is that that? <laughs> um, but, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, so, I mean, just if you've, you know, even if you're not a fan of the other stories and you like this show or you like Horror Hangout or, or our books or whatever, um, just a good way of just saying thank you to us and support what we're doing is to go over to thisishorror.co.uk forward slash awards and, and vote for the other stories because because we we like you know you need to support us <laughs> or, or go over to <laughs> we do it all for free yeah even yeah. this yeah. all we, we ask is gr- pay us in time that you'll never get back <laughs> yeah we do have some great fans we have um like kathy comes to mind she's there in mm. the book club she's there on, on not only 
the Hulk and Glee Patreon, but my Patreon for Keith. She yeah. um, gets involved with the, you know, the reading club and Facebook. Group. Night, one of the first. Yeah. So we need more cafes. More Duncans. More Duncans and more cafes. Yeah. If you're listening, guys, hello. <laughs> hello. Yeah. yeah. Um, we appreciate What's you. What's your big one? Oh yeah, so um, uh, do you remember Mr. F. C. Schultz? We interviewed him earlier on the uh, on the podcast. I do. Um, so me and me and Christian is first name. We we've been in regular email contact for maybe a year and a half now, um, and he randomly asked uh, when my birthday was a few weeks ago. So if you don't know, listen, I turned thirty on the 12th of February and um, Christian had sent me um, a book. Uh, it was like, it was a Ray Bradbury book. It was like the last interview and he'd put in some very like encouraging uh, notes at the start of the book there. And he'd also sent me uh, four action figures and it's like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle action figures, but it's like the exact ones that I had as a kid growing up and it's just amazing wow. like the plastic's the same they're like uh they're not literally the same That's toys crazy. but like yeah how did they get to american back <laughs> no they're like uh <laughs> the same line but yeah but it's i don't even know how he you know knew that i would appreciate them in that way but it's just really nice to see that but the ray bradbury book in particular that'd be my big work that's i've been reading it and it's it's what gave me the idea for the, today's topic because just reading it is like reinvigorating and and Making mm. me sort of fall in love with the writing again, and yeah, it's uh, it's I definitely recommend it. And what's that book called? It's called Ray Bradbury: The Last Interview, and it's okay. uh, it's four of the last interviews um, on his last days. I think he lived to about ninety, um, and he's just talking about his career, his life, some of um, you know, his, his influence, and the fact that this guy has been. He was writing short stories and writing novels for 70 years or something. And he, he just loves loves it as much in his mm. last few days as he did when he was a kid and growing up. Like he completely loves it. That's kind of what you want, isn't it? You want, I'd, I'd love the idea of having that kind of passion of for something, even in those days where everything starts to to dwindle. I think that's, yeah. that's romanticism at its core. Yeah. Um, so... That kind of leads on quite nicely to the topic. So, I mean, so writing isn't always easy. Sometimes you get a little bit burned out. Sometimes you feel like you just you just get up in the morning and you think, oh, I, I can't do this. <laughs> Not today. <laughs> well, like, what, what actually happens more often is like you think, you think um, I'll, I'll just do a little one today. <laughs> I'll give myself yeah. a little bit of a break today and I'll, I'll catch up later. And then you, you it's tend to It's so update. hard picking up that steam again. Yeah. But um, have you felt this way before? Yeah, I mean, a fair bit. Um, normally, I will, I'll find that I'll finish a book or I'll finish a project. I'll take what I feel is a day or two off. And before I know it, sort of two weeks has passed. And yeah, trying to sometimes when you're in the flow of a project or you're in the flow of a book, it's it's easy to get caught up and to kind of just crack on and crack on and crack on. But I think sometimes we forget that they are, they can be exhausting and you, you will have phases where the words don't come as easily, where your head gets heavy and it's just difficult to kind of yeah. roll on and see, see the woods through the trees. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've had it sort of a few times over the years, um, particularly sort of around Christmas time, which I think actually for me, my main reason for, for mine was the fact that there was too many projects that I wanted to work on and I hadn't committed to any. Yeah. That's that kind of burnout where you're, um, I was talking uh, with Kat about this actually the other day, um, where you've got so many things that you kind of want to do and you're kind of getting frustrated because you're not making any progress, but you haven't picked one thing and started to work on it. If that makes sense. Mm. And then you start to get angry. You start to get frustrated at being blocked if that makes sense <laughs> yeah yeah i think what, for nice. me it, yeah now i think for me i am um, i'll use the example of it's 
it depends what your kind of outcome is. If you're if you're happy sort of dipping in and out and writing and you're kind of just enjoying the process as it is, that's 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 awesome. I think um for me there's a certain level of pressure that comes with, you know, me and you want to make the writing full time. We want to make an income from the writing. There's that sort of overarching pressure of of um having to as much as we enjoy the process, having to create stuff in order to realize that dream. And when I um in my earlier days around uni, when um, I was a student, I used to teach free running and parkour. And in the two years at uni where I only practiced it because I wanted to, I loved it. I was there sort of three, four times a week without question. I just went out with my mates. I did the whole free running thing. But the minute it became a job and I coached and it was like I was committed to these times, it lost a bit of its edge, a bit of its charm. And it took a lot to try and put myself back into the shoes of who I was when I just enjoyed it and did it because I wanted to, as opposed to doing it because I had to. Yeah. I think finding that balance is difficult. Hmm. So do you, you don't do parkour much anymore? Do you, or, or do you do it in spare uh, time? I don't know. No, I don't anymore. I am um, unfortunately suffered a few injuries and have just sort of, it's not worth the risk for what I have. I have metal in certain parts of my body, so I don't do really want to. Yeah. Okay. I've got, um, yeah. yeah, I've got bits of bone floating around my ankle and I've got a nice screw through my wrist, so. I had a, a yeah. screw in my wrist at one point and they took it out. This was when I was nice. quite young. Yeah. Did they need it back? <laughs> we're like, was, we think we left frame a screw in your wrist. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah so I mean, what's your sort of like... take on them? Um, you are, sorry? <laughs> the, um, what are you saying? I know, what's your sort of take on them? Um, uh, have you often lost passion for writing or do you or are you is it normally no, just a case of sometimes you're more in love than others no it's, well it's definitely the case of sometimes i'm more in love than others but um so there's different different types of like losing the passion or losing the, the will a bit like there's a middle of the novel that sort of halfway <laughs> through process where, you, where you're kind of not sure if you're going to be able to do it or if it's any good you know, the creeping doubt starts to set in and you start to think, what the fuck am I doing? Why am I wasting so much time on this shit? Um, mm. that, there's that kind of um, loss of passion, but there's also the in-between projects sort of loss of passion where you where you, you don't know what to settle on. And then what you tend to find is that you think, oh, I'll just take a few days off. And then like you said, like it seems to roll over and roll over and it becomes two weeks. And then you start mm. to get frustrated because you know that you're being lazy. Like you know, <laughs> you know you're not getting on with it, getting the work done. Um, I do have a like a few things that are normally... I, so now I've decided when I'm in that in-between phase, I slow down the writing to the point where it's, it's so easy to do. So it's like a thousand words a day. It's like, that's not really much at all, really. Um, but it's easy to tick off. I can tick off that in half an hour most times, sometimes like 45 minutes and yeah. won't feel like a big task, but I'll just be able to take that off every day. And then, then I'll probably by that point when I'm about 10,000 words in the passion is, is already coming back into the story then. And then I can just start accelerating the pace a bit more, like jump it mm. up to 1500 words and then to 2000 words and sort of yeah, ride that I through. Think, yeah. I think that's kind of important is to, instead of thinking, oh, I have to just cut it out to look at just reducing and seeing if you can do less. I mean, I've, um, I mean, today I've, I've written no words today, just purely because I've written solidly for the past 14, 15 days. And I, not only that, you've like, you've written one a lot. and a half novels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I've, I've kind of de deliberately allowed myself the day off because I did jump over to um, a Facebook group, uh, the, which I think we mentioned on the, the podcast before, the 20 Books 50K group, which is really actually quite supporting if you ever put anything there and you want a bit of um, advice. But I, I just put a little, it's a little self-pitying post about, oh, uh, I'm doing all these word counts. My This is kind of like my routine. Can anyone suggest anything to kind of keep me going? And most of the comments were more along the lines of just take one day. <laughs> just have a day of rest and then that will help you with the rest of your word counts sort of for the next yeah. however long you want to do it um just because not only is it a case of giving your head 
a break and your fingers. Um, but also I've started today reading your first draft that you sent over for They Ruin, which is for me really, really, I, I really, really enjoyed reading those sort of first few chapters again, because obviously they're the characters that we created together. It was the first project we started working on together. So that in itself is a bit of a reminder of what we're doing and how this kind of started rolling. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, um, yeah, I think sometimes it's worth like starting something new or maybe not starting something new, but kind of reminding yourself um, what you're doing or, or getting your head straight. Because sometimes when you're kind mm. of in that day by day, um, just clocking off, ticking off word counts, you can kind of just kind of forget what it was that inspired you in the first place. So. Yeah taking a few days to, or take a single day to sort of, um, sometimes what I'll do is I'll just brainstorm for the day. I'll just write, like free write for uh, half an hour or so and just write um, random ideas, just get like the nonsense out of my head. And I, eventually I'll start to think about new ideas that I want to put in the story and that will get me excited to get back into it and that kind of thing. So what, what other advice? Oh, go on. I was just going to say, I think a little bit of it as well. Um, and it's, it's almost like a bit of a miserable question actually is I guess what people might find hard with the whole falling in love with writing thing is, you know, there will be people who write and write and write beautiful stories, lovely poems, any kind of creation, but nothing really happens from it. So maybe their books don't sell, maybe, you know, uh, magazines don't publish them. They try and they try and nothing kind of happens. So what would you, what is it that keeps you writing when, I mean, obviously we, we make sales. They're not as great as we want them to be, but we actually get sales. But what is it that keeps you kind of going? What is, what is it that pulls you towards your end goal when really it's not a fixed deal? Hmm. Well, that's a big question. Well, I would say, I just, I really just enjoy making stuff. So, like, there is that baseline enjoyment I just get out of it. Like, I, I, there isn't much else in the world where, if I finish a short story that I really feel like I've done well at, or um, finish a novel or something, there's a certain satisfaction that I don't get, um, you know, at work or anything. That so that that kind of baseline enjoyment is always going to pull me back. I don't know. What about you? I think uh, along the same lines, I mean, we, um, when we first started writing together, I remember we had a conversation about what the kind of expectations were with, with the rot and with Lazarus. And we both said that at the end of the day, these books may sell, they may not sell at the end of the day, if we finish them and we're happy with them, we're not going to be any worse off than we are now. We're just going to be happy that we've created something that we're proud of. Um, it's not like we're going to lose money by writing anything. So I think for me, I'm, I mean, I, I get quite focused on end goals and I, I know what it is that I want to happen in the future. And I'm kind of similar to you. I know that the only way I will get to what I want to happen is by doing the work. If by whatever circumstances, five, six years down the line, it, doesn't happen as I want it to, then maybe I slow down on the writing and not push as hard. But I think similarly to you, I, I enjoy the process as a catharsis that's, um, it's just relaxing and it's just, it's, yeah, it's uh, writing something that I don't think I really ever want to give up. It just could be a case of slowing it down to a bit more of a manageable level. Yeah. I think, um, so right now it's kind of, a. Uh uh on insane mode like the amount of like <laughs> um like ideally like i would write mm, two two books a year or something like that that would be a really good pace for me um yeah and i think i would i would do that to be honest it, novel or novel equivalent projects so like a screenplay or something i think i'd be doing that until even if i didn't get paid for it i think i'd be doing that um if I have been doing that <laughs> for the past few years anyway. <laughs> so I don't know. And I enjoy getting better. Um, 
and in terms of writing, writing is writing prose is only one facet of writing. Um, I mean, in fact, let's, um, so this kind of leads into some else I've got written down here. Um, I went on to tinybuddha.com and, uh, How tiny is this Buddha? He's minuscule. Okay. Pixel size. <laughs> he's less than a pixel. You can't actually see the Buddha on the page. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit like where's Wally. If you click on the right pixel, <laughs> You get yeah. instant zen. <laughs> <laughs> Go to Nirvana. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's an article on there called How to Rekindle Your Passion. Um, so number one, the thing it says here is take a break. Um, so, okay, let's say you burnt out, Dan, um, and you're going to follow this process. Number one, take mm-hmm. a break. What, what would that be for you? What would you do on a break? Uh, so I would likely let myself lie in um i would say hello to a new era of mental health care cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support 100 online you'll experience the all-new cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you you'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist prescriber or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. probably get up and and meditate and just clear my head and live a life like normal people (laughs) I guess go to the day job and then not worry about word counts but also um I'm I'm a big fan of on on the days where I'm trying to rest um I I cycle to and from work and it's about a 25 minute bike ride and usually I'll listen to podcasts or I'll listen to music but sort of on rest days I will just turn everything off and just cycle just in nature, just quiet, just mind to myself. Yeah. Um, and I think also a big thing for me would be to just avoid tech and social media in general. Yeah. Read a book um, and maybe catch up on sort of a bit of gaming. Um, oh, just, okay. yeah, just the miss gaming. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I've um, just dipped in a little bit again into Fallout 4 because uh, I didn't get very far last time, but I'm kind of cautious that I don't want to get addicted to it while I'm there. Uh, yeah, trying to push on these books, but yeah, I think it's it's along those lines. It's mostly just trying to give myself as much of a mental break as possible. Just going to work, doing the work, going home, and resting. Uh, you know, when um, I went to Florida, um, was it last year, the year before? At some point, I went to Florida for two weeks, and uh, I decided I was still going to do my morning journals and stuff, but I wasn't going to do any work. I wasn't going to. Um, mm. I don't think I took my phone everywhere or anything. But by the end of those two weeks. I was so ready to get <laughs> like back into, you know, making stuff and, and, and writing books and stuff. Um, mm. So, I mean, that was like a, a longer break, but it definitely works just to sort of to, to switch that side of your brain off for a bit. Like you will, yeah, you will get inspired again and you will start to think, like look forward to getting back to the, to the writing. 
Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, definitely. I think. Um, yeah. Uh, number two on the list. So you've, you've taken a break. Um, go back in time, and I think what I mean by that is uh, <laughs> get a time machine and go back in time. <laughs> I think what they mean by that is um, <laughs> um, to look 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 back at like things that inspired you in the first place. Um, so for me, I, I kind of feel like this is where you would read a bit of nonfiction, like the War of Art mm. and uh, those books that kind of oh, get, yes. you, get you into that, that sort of prime place to create again. Um, or like watching, for me, I just love watching films and stuff. And I feel like that um, re- like reminds me of like why, because books are one thing. When I'm reading a book, I, I do love it, but I'm always thinking I'm still kind of in work mode a little bit because I'm looking at the way that the words are written, the story is told, but a film, I can kind of switch off a bit more to it. Um, and that yeah. kind of inspires me, gets me back, reminds me of why, I, like kind of what I want to do and, and why I like it. Yeah. I sometimes listen to the old, um, the first episodes that we wrote for the other stories, just as a bit of a nostalgic kick. What was the first one you um, did? The Minus Door? Yeah, which is vastly different to the other stuff that I write now. I was, I was trying to experiment with my style back then, and I think we all were. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so The Miner's Door, particularly for me, Hunger, which was my zombie story, which was like third theme. But um, that was the one where I kind of gripped into it and went, yeah, um, this is this is what we can do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've, I struggle nowadays with films. I mean, I'd love, I love the idea of sitting down and just watching a film for an hour and a half, but for some reason now I just can't get my brain to sit down and fix. Like I, if I've got an evening to myself and I sit and try and watch an episode of Black Mirror, I see the length of the episodes. I'm just like, oh, too much. But then I'll, I'll happily sit and watch four 20 minute episodes of Friends. Um, yeah. But friend, I, I friend is, Friends is a break though, isn't it? Like you can, we put an episode of Scribs on and like you can just sort of put it on and not think too hard about it. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, yeah, and I'm I'm changing my attitude to films a bit more. I used to just sit and watch films in in one block and, and try and focus, but now I'll put a film on, might see sort of 20 minutes, half hour of it, then turn it off, do something else, then watch the rest of it a different day just to break it up. Um, do you go to the cinema much? Just, I haven't been in about two years. See. I want to go for the new Avengers film. Oh, yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Um so I was saying I didn't go to cinema for a long time. Um, past year have been a few times. Every time I go, because you just can't get your phone out, you just have to <laughs> focus on the film. It's a big screen, like nice sound and stuff. I've always really, really found that's that was a way to sort of get back into films. Because I know what you mean. Cause like you put a film on your laptop or Netflix, and you're looking at the, the remaining time, like every yeah. getting your phone out every sort of five minutes. But like um, I think we went to watch Stand by Me. Uh, in in London, me and Ben watched it, and I was like, "Why why am I not going to cinema more?" Like, it, I used to <laughs> love this growing up. Yeah, yeah, it's um, I think that's just part of if it's part of today's culture or just part of the culture that um we're in is I f- I feel like a lot of the day I do spend looking at what comes next in terms of the day as opposed to what I'm currently instead of just enjoying the moment. Yeah, I will I will constantly be like, okay, I'm doing this in five minutes. I'm doing this in half an hour which I don't think is the best habit to be in. Well, productive. But this is your this is yeah. your uh, rekindling the, the passion. This is your tiny Buddha day. Okay, so yes. uh, you've gone back in time, and then you've gone back to the present. Welcome to the story studio. <laughs> Number three is figure out what's different now. So I think that means like looking at your progress or mm. looking at sort of how far you've come. Take stock. Take stock. Stock count. One, two, two stock counts in the shop. I used to take ages. I used to hate it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if you, if you... What does that look like for you? Yeah, so I was just thinking about that. So I think that's, that kind, that's kind of like looking at the other stories, thinking about where we were like two years ago, looking at like uh, the books we hadn't written. Um, we changed a lot. I think we're getting mm. better. What about you? Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, I think the biggest thing outside of writing the books, because I mean, just looking at my bookshelf now, I've got probably about a good sixth of the shelf is filled with Hawk and Cleaver books, which yeah. you know, is everything from our um, 
short collections of the other stories to Lazarus to Ten Tales of Human Condition by Ben to just kind of all of the stuff that we've done, which looking at that is kind of kind of awesome. But I think for me, one of the biggest things that I take for granted a bit now is the community and the network that we built with other people. Um, yeah, I mean, just even we were on Jay's podcast yesterday, Jay and Zach's podcast, and just having a bit of chat with him, um, like it's just another day. I think sometimes it's good to stop and be like, you know, these are people from across the pond that are also doing what we're doing. Um, yeah. and, and we have all of our friends that are of the similar sort of mindsets and doing the stuff that we do, putting in the hard work. And I think for me, the community is the biggest thing that has changed. Yeah. I know what you mean. If we had like, if people kept Rolodexes, our Rolodexes has got way bigger than it would have been. <laughs> you remember Rolodexes? Talking about time machines. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, yeah, I agree completely actually. And I think this podcast especially has helped, helped build that. Yeah. And I also think, um, I mean, for those people who might have been on the Facebook group or on sort of my own author page, saw the image that I put together at the end of last year, which was just my list of things that I'd done that year, um, which I think for some people that might come across as, or like, especially friends from school who I don't actually see anymore, will probably be like, oh, Dan's just showing off about some of the stuff he's doing. But for me, that's literally my way of looking back at that year and being able to five, six years down the line being like, what did I do in 2017? Oh, all of that stuff. Yeah, um, exactly. It's nice to group it together and, and put it out like that. That's one reason why I like Instagram. I like you yes. know, you finish, finish a, reading a book or finish writing something. You, you post about it on Instagram. And I love taking p- pictures of, uh, you know, Alaska, a dog, and seeing her grow up. And I love looking back at those photos. This is like, yeah. like my mum and dad used to get the photo book out. And in fact, it's <laughs> just gone. My dad got the, the video home cinema things he'd been taking. That's what Instagram is. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I literally did it the other day on my own and just went back because I specifically started my Instagram for my writing as a bit of a push to um, just document what I was doing. And I was going way, way, way back and looking at just even the design work that I did by myself for Cinder Smoke before it came out. I've got pictures that were the original title of Cinder Smoke, which was Western Confession, which was shit. Um <laughs> my original setup with like my huddle tablet and my bluetooth keyboard and yeah it's it's nice to go back and see all that stuff and just to remember that yeah that's the point isn't it remember how far you've come yeah yeah cool man okay so uh number four on the list so you you've, you've figured out what's different now number four is introduce changes and i, I think this is important <laughs> one this is the one like for me, this could be just changing the morning routine a bit or like um, trying a new piece of software or, you know, new writing music. I, I love this kind of stuff or changing up. Because mm. um, I used to have like uh, a certain routine of things. You know, you've read, what's his name? Hal, the morning miracle. Elrod. Elrod, yeah, the morning miracle. So he has like the savers morning routine. I had my own sort of version of that. It wasn't anywhere near as <laughs> sort of in-depth as his. But I like to change that up every now and again. It, it sort of excites me to get back up in the morning. Yeah. I think even in as much as changing where you do stuff. Yeah. Cause I've for the last probably month or five or six weeks, um, my writing spot is exactly the same spot on the sofa as it is every week. But before that it was on a different sofa and then we moved the living room around. Um, but I have been toying with sitting in another location just to mix things up, maybe in another room because I think, yeah, sometimes you need that little shock to the system to just flush out any complacency. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, what was your, so you say yours was like a reduced version of the savers um, model. What what typically are the key things you have to do in the morning to yeah. feel accomplished? Uh, well, so so I do, I do my journaling, so like 750 words journaling, which would be like um, recounting what happened the day before. Um, I like to do that. I've been doing that for, I don't know, a long time now. Um, and then I like to write, it's changed now because I used to do, um, like write my story idea for the day, which could just be, you know, and if I don't do that anymore, um, but that used to be like 
you spend five minutes coming up with like a, an idea for a short story or something like that. Um, and then I'd write something that I forgive, which is a tip I got from Monica Leonel's book, which is to find something mm-hmm. to forgive every day. Um, and then I write three things I'm grateful for, which is maybe a, from Tim Ferriss or someone like that, which helps. Um, and then I used to do like a, a thousand words before, uh, before getting ready to go to work. But I don't really sort of keep to that much anymore. Nowadays, I just kind of feel like if I get my word count in for the day at any point, I don't mind too much. But that was a good habit to have for a bit. Um, mm. What else did I used to do? Um, used to meditate for 10 minutes, but I don't, I don't really do that much anymore. Nowadays, I just, when I'm on the bus going to work, I just do, I just sort of relax. Don't listen to my phone. Don't, don't do anything for about 10 minutes. And I find that that helps. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Do you have anything like that? Yeah. So I kind of tried the savers model as well. Um, but found that I was concentrating too much on hitting all the check marks that I felt more cluttered in my head by actually trying to hit everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I mean, mine, mine kind of goes in and out. I, at the minute it's a case of I'll wake up, I'll come downstairs. First thing I'll do is just literally, um, have half a pint of water top up the glass so i've got a full pint of water ready to drink while i'm writing um pomodoro time so i'll do half an hour solid of writing take a break for about five ten minutes um jump back in do another half an hour and then get ready for work sometimes i'll throw in sort of a five ten minute meditation as well just to have a moment it depends because sometimes it depends Depends if I hit my word targets I want within those two and a half hours. If I don't, I will go on for a little bit longer until I've hit my word count. Yeah. Um, but I used to, when I was training for my 5K last year, I'd reduce the two sessions to one session so that I'd have a bit of time to go out and go for a run and come back and chill out a bit before before work. But I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty simple. It's just mainly right <laughs> drink water is a big thing yeah um you have coffee or anything that's another thing that i have pretty much every day coffee yeah i wait until i get to work to have my coffee now i try to f- stop my body from being so reliant on it to wake me up yeah um and i've reduced my coffee down to two a day instead of what i think i was on like seven or eight yeah i need to do but, something yeah. Like that. <laughs> yeah 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 uh, it's the water thing's huge for for me i do agree when i've had water in the mornings that that wakes you up quite quickly like it seems to bring you around um so ideally what i would like to do but i don't seem to find time is i'd like to take alaska for a good walk in the mornings before anything but mm. but i just got i don't know you have to do a craig martell and get up at four every morning yeah if i do that i'll be asleep by seven <laughs> yeah. uh okay cool. what's the final one uh the last one is experiment um, and I think, I think I know, so I think that the last time I was feeling a little bit, um, unsure and a little bit sort of, you know, deflated, um, I like to write songs. I, like, I played music for, um, uh, 16 years now, play guitar for 16 years. So I like to write songs. I like to record them and they're like silly little songs. Most of the time it's one about like a nude beach and I just find <laughs> just, experimenting that way or like the other day i made like a little one-page comic like drew the little panels and so it wasn't very good but i love doing little creative experiments like that and uh or like me and cat we made uh these cookies like macadamia nut cookies that i felt nice that felt really good make like these little things like they, they kind of um they make they give you energy they give you creative energy yeah. they make you think you're not just like you're a creative person. Like the fact that you've got into writing is because you have this little creative soul. And then sometimes when you get like us, you start to work that soul <laughs> and you like, um, you torture it because you kind of want to get the most out of it because you've got so much production to do. <laughs> and then you're like, your creative soul is like, but I just want to experiment and be creative. So then you go to do a little bit of, a, do some drawings, um, cook some cookies and then you, your little creative yeah. soul starts to feel like full of energy again. That's what that's what feeds it. That sort of little experiments. Yeah. I made omelets 
<laughs> two weeks ago, I uh, <laughs> I um, <laughs> I pretty much went. I saw. I, th- I think I saw an omelet on the telly. And I was like, you know what? I've never made an omelet in my life. I have no idea how to make them. Yeah. And for the first time, because I'm, for, if anyone out out there knew me, I'm I'm a fussy eater. I'm through and through just plain stuff. I'm not great with spice. I'm not good with um, experimentation. Meh, cucumber is kind of the extent of it to yeah. be fair i don't like mayonnaise i don't like relish, any of that um go on <laughs> um but yeah i so i saw i saw an omelette and was like no i've never made an omelette before I, I, I have no idea how and that afternoon i had a bit of spare time i was like you know what fuck this i'm gonna make an omelette um and i found a, <laughs> I, I found a recipe <laughs> <laughs> i found a recipe online i tried to follow written instructions and basically made scrambled egg yeah i followed a youtube tutorial did better and then you know four or five attempts later i'm i, I can happily say i'm now the king of omelets i have them nailed but that is experimenting with cooking is something that i don't do that often but i always feel really really rewarded from it yeah it is good uh speaking of like eggs and stuff i was trying to um i read somewhere that you could put what was it so you put uh break an egg into like a beaker um of like half a cup of water cover it put it in the microwave for like 30 seconds and it would make a perfect perfect poached egg i love poached eggs i tried it three times a different <laughs> very different like <laughs> varying uh amounts of water Nearly blew up the bloody microwave. <laughs> <laughs> it, it pops and it's went everywhere. So I was like, that's the end of that experiment. <laughs> it doesn't work. Yeah, I yeah. But you are right. There is something really rewarding about it. Yeah. I mean, I um, I remember a couple of Mother's Days ago, it was a few years ago, um, I basically bought, because I wanted to try a bit more creativity food-wise. So mm-hmm. I bought a cookbook that was by, um, it's called Sorted, who are basically a group of ex-uni students who, created a load of really nice but quick meals that were good for people that were quite simple cooks. Mm. Um, and I've cooked a couple of things from that. It was like a chicken, bacon, and leek pie, which I'd never done a pie before, cooked that, and it was absolutely amazing. But, yeah, it's, it's something quite rewarding, especially in cooking something different when it tastes good and you can share yeah. that with someone else. That immediate yeah, gratification, yeah. I think. Yeah, that's what you need. You need like something that you can just finish and feel good that you finished it and you, you put your little stamp on it and you know it cooking is creative i, I really enjoy mm. doing it um yeah i don't do enough of it i should yeah blew up too many microwaves in the past <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm bored of omelets now I've done omelets. What's next? when you did the omelet did you do that thing where you kind of um you kind of push it to the ed- edge of the pan and then you sort of fold it over you turn the pan over itself so it gets that really nice little curved edge on the top. Have you, do you know what I mean? I haven't mastered that. Yet. I, I, I know I mean, what you I can't mean. Do it, but um, it, it always looks really good. No, I just jab in the sides <laughs> to unstick it from the pan. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Well, that's, that's the tiny bit of steps to, um, you know, zen, rekindling your passion. <laughs> um, Creative. Our own little take on that as well, I guess. Um, but yeah, that's. Uh, I hope, I hope this has rekindled your passion, Dan. Yeah, I mean, I think just in general, it's always good to to stop and take stock. For for me, I think the biggest ones in there are the last two because I think a lot of people can easily take a break. A lot of people can easily um, go back in time. Just <laughs> go back in time very easily. <laughs> But yeah, definitely uh, experimenting in in other forms, doing something a bit different. It could be gardening, it could be painting, um, just anything that takes you away from your zone. I mean, I, just to add as well, sometimes in terms of taking a break, I will just clean the kitchen. Oh my God, I love a good clean. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just purely because I can literally just do that with some music on. And it's a non-thinking task. I, I work a lot of the day with other people. I'm constantly talking to people, constantly thinking. But come on, cleaning. Mate, washing the pots is therapeutic. There's something about it. It is. It really is. Although we never look forward so, to it, but when we, me and Kat have like a deep clean of the house, it's, there's something so peaceful about mm. about living, like being... When it's deep. finished and everything's clean, it's just yeah. like, now, now life can go on. <laughs> um oh, i was gonna say 
I can rip you, I was going to say. Um, yeah, clean your room, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Tidy your bedroom. Yeah. Okay, well, um, next week we are interviewing Nick Cutter. He is uh, one of my favorite current horror writers. He wrote The Troop, which um, nearly made me faint on a bus. So if you have any <laughs> sort of questions that you'd like to us to ask Nick, go over to the Facebook group. It's facebook.com forward slash Hawk and Cleaver. Um, and, uh, you know, ask away. Maybe we should start a thread then. Yes. Yeah, we'll put something. We'll put a post up and then people can comment. Cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, have you got anything you need mm. to tell the guys before we go? Uh, just remember to hop over to thisishorror.co.uk forward slash awards and drop us a vote um, just because we love you and we never fill that back. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, no, we, we, we need some love. Cool. All right, yeah. uh, I'm going to go make an omelette. Fantastic. Yeah. Not really. Please make some beans and toast if it's late. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm full. All right, guys. Touch in a bit. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Story Studio Podcast. Still hungering for some podcast goodness? Then why not check out our other show? the other stories oh and did you know every time you leave us a review in the itunes store a puppy is born cute day anyway toodle pip Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com records. Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay, and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply.